0: In this episode of the Business of E-Commerce, I talk with Christina Scalera about driving traffic through content. This is the Business of E-Commerce, episode 126. Today's episode is sponsored by Drip. Drip is the world's first e-commerce CRM and a tool that I personally use for email marketing and automation. Now, if you're ever in an e-commerce store, you need to give Drip a try, and here's why. Drip offers one-click integrations, for both Shopify and Magento. There's robust segmentation, personalization, and revenue dashboards to give you an overview of how your automation emails are performing. One of my favorite features of drip is the visual workflow builder. It gives you a super easy way to build out your automation rules visually and see the entire process. It lets you get started quickly, but also build very complex automation rules. It's powerful, but also easy to learn. Unlike a lot of email tools that offer the same type of automation to get a demo of drip today, you can go head over to drip.com slash BOE. That's drip.com slash BOE. Now onto the show. Welcome to the business of e-commerce, the show that helps e-commerce retailers start launch and grow their e-commerce business. I'm your host Charles Blesky. And I'm here today with Christina Scalera. Christina is the founder of the contract shop, a legal template store for busy entrepreneurs. By building content, Christina has grown the contract shop to over seven figures in revenue. I started in the show today to talk about how you can drive traffic to your e-commerce store by using content. I urge you to listen to the very end of the episode because she gives some very good hints on how you can build funnels to your e-commerce store. So let's get into the show. Hey, Christina, how are you doing today?
1: Great. Thanks for having me, Charles.
0: Yeah. Awesome to chat. I love, um, I love the topic of kind of using content. I know this is kind of a tried and true, but I feel like it like, I feel like it goes out of fashion every couple of years and then comes back in. Um, Right? <laughs> so, how long have you been doing it for, first of all?
1: Uh, so I started my, I guess you can call it e-commerce. Uh, you know, the shippers might have a little bit of qualms with that. But my, I started my store on Shopify. Uh, well, it, it didn't start out on Shopify, but it started in November of 2015. So almost five years now. And we moved to Shopify in October of 2017. So I've been on Shopify for almost uh, three years. So
0: Cool. Okay. I've been
1: doing this for a decent amount of time. I feel like (laughs) in internet land, that's a long time.
0: That's a very long time in internet land. It, uh, (laughs) so it's all digital products, right? You guys sell and promote. So it's all, um, is it digital contracts? Like I'm assuming like a download sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's all digital. You go to the online store, you search by your niche or uh, maybe by the type of thing that you're looking for. Obviously we specialize in a certain aspect of the creative wedding uh, kind of freelancer type world. Um, That's just where I started out. I actually kind of So I I went to law school, I took a a turn, I had like a quarter life crisis, I thought I might do something in the wedding industry, um, you know, as a lot of 25 year olds do. (laughs) And I thought I might be a calligrapher, graphic designer, something, you know, wedding planning ish. And it turns out that I didn't really, I didn't really fall well into those little niches, but I learned a lot about them. And I learned that they had these huge... I guess administrative gaps in their business, where they either weren't starting a legitimate business, or they didn't know how, or they, you know, were uh, constantly anxious and stressed out because they didn't have a client contract with their their wedding clients, um, and they didn't know what to do in the event of a cancellation, which clearly has become a very important topic <laughs> in today's world. Um, so I had this legal background, I had this like very niche knowledge of the wedding industry. And I combine those two things to create my digital products. So, for example, if you're a wedding planner and you want to work with a client, but you don't want to go to law school or learn how to write a contract, you don't have to. You just go to my website, The Contract Shop, and you download the wedding planner template, fill in the blanks, send it off to a client. And the client, you know, is, is no, no more privy to anything than, than you were um, You. You just look like a hero there with a great contract that supports both of you and your both of your interests. Uh, so then we, we really shifted to focusing in the past year or so on other digital uh, businesses. So not just like online courses or people that are doing something similar to me, but um, actually, you know, like anybody that has a website, because it, as you have probably seen in the last two years, online privacy has become a huge thing. So our best-selling product is actually our privacy policy uh, that we're constantly updating to reflect things like the GDPR that happened on, I think it was May 25th, 2018, (laughs) Um, or the California Privacy Act that went into effect on January 1st of this year, 2020. So, yeah, we're just really trying to support other types of online businesses so that they can have the like a legitimate privacy policy that they know they're protected but they also don't have to spend an arm and a leg on an attorney to write who may or may not know what they're talking about internet law changes a lot and if you're not paying very close attention to it it's not like the focus of your practice you're probably not gonna know what those changes are for yeah. a couple of years <laughs>
0: yeah that's <one> <laughs> until they two. do a
1: training at your, Local state about it, but yeah, unless yeah. you doing so it, you probably don't that, know the ins and
0: outs. I'm guessing, right? It's like a small attorney, so it's probably right. just, it's probably better for everyone. For and attorneys probably don't love doing it either because it's just kind of like boil, boilerplate contract work. Um, so they're basically just cranking out a template. It's not great for them. It's not great for the entrepreneur. It's really like a it's a lose lose. So going with just like, hey, we've kind of built this over time. It's just a lot better for everyone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's what I tell everybody is like, if you go to a local attorney, they're going to be reinventing the wheel. If you use one of our templates, we've had over 6,000 people buy our products in the last five years. So you're going to have something that has been, I mean, depending on the template, you're going to have something that thousands of people have, or at least hundreds of people have seen given us feedback on and we've improved that. I mean, you just can't do that on a one to one basis. So it's, it's a really cool, almost like crowdsourced effective product, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Very cool. So you've been running this for five years now and has content been kind of the main driver to help you grow the business or, and when you say content, are we talking like blogs, like what, let's describe the actual content and then how have you kind of used that to grow the business?
1: Yeah. And the great thing about this is, I mean, there's, it's, it's not like I've, I've, I'm not like Neil Patel or something where I'm like super consistent with my content. Um, I try out different mediums. Um, so right now, or I guess what, what has worked best for us consistently is blog posts with a lot of Pinterest traction or Facebook traction. Um, we're just really in the last year starting to get into advertising. So this has all been like mostly organic growth. Um, And a lot of content for other people's platforms. So doing webinars that are maybe not like a huge pitch at the end or no pitch at the end, um, just really educational webinars that put us in front of a couple thousand people that... You know, in, in front of like some kind of like wedding industry, uh, which is obviously our, our target demographic are people in the creative freelance wedding industries. So just really providing a lot of valuable content, mostly through blogging. And then I would say also through guest blogging and then through guest webinars and presentations is how we've grown our audience. Um, and it's happened really nicely and organically. So that's, that's the content that we're working with. And then we're moving into like video, trying to repurpose that into more like bloggish posts, things like that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a great organic driver of traffic to this day.
0: How do you feel about, cause you hear this when people are first getting started, it's always kind of a recommendation, like you choose content. It's, you know, it's free. Um, and it's always like, well, is it free, <laughs> right? Cause you could actually do a lot of work to generate content. Um, like we're doing now, but sure. what? when you kind of start, it feels like this like snowball that starts off so slow. You publish your first blog post and you have to like email like your mother and be like, Hey, can you go read this? And like, oh, I got a hit. Um, and you see a lot of people kind of just getting, I don't know, a little unhappy about it. I don't know the right word at the very beginning, just cause you look and you're like, this blog has had like 10 hits. I spent five hours on this post. And until you really have that following, it's just such a, a slow uphill slog what do you say to people kind of getting started and how to kind of get over that hump when you actually start to say, this is worth it.
1: I always encourage people to reach out to someone who's a little bit further along than you in the industry. um, Or, you know, I mean, obviously someone who also markets to the same demographic as you or provides content to the same demographic that you're trying to reach with your products. Um, anytime you can offer content to those platforms, especially if it's like really, really dense, juicy content, that's going to be super helpful for their audience. Um, And it just has maybe a couple links back to like a a content upgrade or a funnel or something like that for you. So they're getting content, which as you know, it can be kind of like a pain in the butt to think of content topics or uh, to produce content, you know, like sometimes you just want to break. And so if you're showing up and you're, Ready to give a lot to their audience, provide a really good piece of content or a good content video, like whatever your preferred medium is. If you're willing to do that for them, take that little bit of content off their plate for that week. You know, now they have a newsletter, they have a blog post, they have a video, whatever written for that week done for them. And it just has a little plug back to your stuff a lot of people are very willing to feature that, i found. So I would I would not try to build it on... I, I like the, the fact that you're continuing to create content for your own platform. One, so that you can see what people like and create more of that and do less of what they don't like. And two, so that you're creating that organic search traffic. Um, but if you want to maybe feel less overwhelmed, maybe feel a little more motivated, a little more encouraged it definitely is a good idea to get out in front of someone else's audience, someone who's already built an audience that reaches the same people that you're trying to sell to. Yeah.
0: And I think having your own site kind of acts as a, um, almost a resume of sorts, right. Of saying, cause you get these emails all the time. Once you kind of have a blog or any sort of platform people want to promote on your platform and you go and look at the, look at those people pretty quickly. And you'll see their blog and kind of use that as look at the quality. So even if no one's even if not that many people are reading it, those people that you're contacting, they're the ones gonna be looking at your content just to see the quality of it, the structure, does it even match the voice? Um, and I've noticed that's kind of a bigger deal than people give it credit for on just it's almost your your resume at that point.
1: Yeah. And and for me, what I've done with the contract shop too is I've created a lot of like FAQ posts that are Uh, you know, helpful for us because we can hand them out and our customer support when someone's like, oh, is this right for me? Should I do this? What comes with this? Right. We have like blog posts about all that now, instead of just having, like a boring FAQ that they don't want to read. It's actually, you know, like the five things you need to know about blah, blah, blah. And number four is their question that they need answered. So in our customer support, we can write back and say, you know, this is the answer to your question. And by the way, here's a blog post that talks more about this. Check out, you know, number four on this blog post. And then the rest of the blog post obviously is also helpful for them. So then they're like, wow, like what a great value. Like, thanks so much for helping me out. You really gave
0: you know, you really cared. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so you to give that, away that for free. also is a helpful and way. You're trying to give away something for free, yeah. And that's a whole goal. But you may, yeah,
1: you, yeah. You, I think if you can make, you know, if you can make your FAQs a little more fun, like if you always get a, a question like, you know, is free shipping included? Right. Like instead of just always writing back like, yes, we include free shipping for orders over fifty dollars. Uh, you know, you could talk about like the benefits of getting your product today. And then, you know, like talk about the different shipping speeds for your sh- your store or something. And like I said, like number three is like free shipping is always included on orders at our store over $50. Like click here to make your order today. Um, so yeah, you can, you can just really help yourself, I feel like a lot um, by making the the FAQs and the, the questions that you get uh, a little bit more fun and engaging for people to read about. And then they're, they're like excited to buy your product and they're excited about your brand instead of, you know, just writing another blog post about like, why your product is so great. You know, they, they don't care about that. They, they care about like, how does it compare to this or how does it uh, you know, like how fast can they get it? What are the benefits of your product versus your competitors? Um, so if you can just create that juicy content that they're looking for, kind of the same content that you, you probably would have created, but just like spice it up a little bit. It, it, becomes this like secondary FAQ that also is like a front end FAQ. So you're already kind of training people as they get into your funnel and as they purchase your products.
0: Yeah. And that's one of those things so I've had um, Leanna patch on here from punchline copy and they, they have that, yeah. she has that voice, right? Uh, it's witty and funny and creative and just, it's very, and you know, it's her voice when you're reading it. Um, and then also you kind of mentioned Neil Patel have him on here too if you look at his content, it's very different, very, uh, prescriptive, right? Like here are the steps. Here's what you must do. Very different, but they'll both have their voice and I feel like they stay consistent and yes. that's what works for them. It's kind of one of the biggest things. Yes.
1: Yeah. And I, it's funny, I've worked a lot with Liana at, at punchline. Um, she's written quite a few of our product descriptions and sales pages and things there like that. Small world. Um, yeah, yeah, it is a small world. <laughs> she's awesome. Um, but yeah, so I, I just, I, I like what you're saying about the consistency here and I think a lot of people are afraid to get into content because they're like, oh, I don't have that voice or I'm not a good writer or I'm not good on video or whatever. But like, do you think anybody is when they get started? No, like you should see that. Well, don't, you shouldn't see. <laughs> uh, the first blog post that I wrote back when I had a Squarespace shop, it was, they were terrible. I mean, they they were boring. They, you know, were short. They, um, I, I'm a big fan of like longer form content. they were, just really kind of all over the place. Um, You know, they were really emotional and like feely and, you know, like this is how I felt and kind of journalists, like a journal type thing. And, you know, if you look at my posts today, we have pretty much the same formula for every single blog post that I write, which is like some kind of catchy headline, usually with an odd number or a how to in it. And then uh, a little tiny story, like two to three sentences is what kicks the blog post off. And then, like you said, we have that prescriptive formula. So it's like the three things or the five things, the 11 uh, ways you never expected, whatever. And then we wrap it up with a little review and then throughout the blog post, there's at least three calls to action, usually some kind of graphic. Um, I usually include just like plain hyperlink text, but we at least have like three calls to action to get into one of our funnels. And it's like the same funnel throughout usually, uh, wrap it up with the review, a question at the end, maybe, you know, asking for comments, blog comments aren't really super popular anymore. I think most people are on Instagram and Facebook for that kind of stuff. Uh, But we still ask the question regardless. And then we can copy and paste that whole thing, put it into a newsletter, send it out. And we've created, you know, two things that are promoting the store right there. And then, you know, if I were more consistent and better about it, I would probably just copy and paste it into Instagram. Actually, I should (laughs) you're making me want to do this today. I I would just copy and paste different yeah, copy and paste different, like, paragraphs or, you know, prescriptions, the the steps or whatever that I'm giving away in the blog posts. connect that to a picture, and now we have Instagram content for a week. So, it I think it's really easy to repurpose if you have that, like, foundational piece. Um, but, like, right now, like, you don't even have to be perfect at it. I mean, right now, I'm only using a blog post and a newsletter every week. <laughs> um I could be doing so much more as far as the marketing goes and, you know, retargeting people to the blog posts and things like that. And we're not, and we're still getting a decent amount of traffic and new people subscribing things like that. So.
0: So I actually have a tip Uh, before I ask you the question, I do have a tip on the Instagram. What we do is a, um, for everyone's listening, we build uh, quote cards on a quote. Someone said from somewhere post it on Instagram, the issue with Instagram is you can't post a link straight back to that article. So you have to do it up in the profile to the main blog. But if you just added up those, uh, quote cards, it definitely drives a lot of traffic, which has been kind of a, a little side note tip there that I found, but actually that's, kinda, that. that's great. Yeah. Well, it, it helps. And that's kind of, so going right into the next question, right? How do you promote the content? Cause you mentioned a newsletter, but is that, is that all you do or are you trying to put it in the different social channels? Are you running paid? Like, how are you actually getting eyeballs to this, other than the organic?
1: Yeah. So, what what we'll usually do? So, we have like cold traffic uh, funnels that are happening all the time. So, we're constantly getting new traffic in uh, to those funnels. And so, what we'll do is we'll put the the blog post, like, send it out to the newsletter. See, you know, what people are interested in. In uh, the blog posts that do really well, we will give them to our, we have an affiliate program at the contract shop. So we'll give them to our affiliates and say, Hey, this is doing really well. Why don't you share this on, you know, like copy and paste this into your Instagram, your feed, whatever. Um, because, you know, as soon as someone lands on our blog, they're cookied with that affiliates link. So then the affiliate gets the commission, da, 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 da. So our affiliates are helpful there. And then the other thing that's helpful is the one, the blog posts that do really well. I mean, you can, there's no reason why you have to have like a whole funnel and a, uh, you know, like webinar or presentation or whatever for Facebook ads like you can you can run Facebook ads right to those those well performing blog posts and you know just pop up in people's feeds or you know show up on LinkedIn like wherever you think your people might be and so you can promote that as if it's like a landing page for a webinar or something um, especially when it has the calls to action so yeah that's that's basically what we're doing to get new people onto those blog posts onto those pages and then Uh, because we honestly we haven't even touched Pinterest in about a year but because we set Pinterest up so well and did it for so long we still have a decent amount of traffic that's coming from Pinterest so we might just throw a couple pins up or something um, and start seeing a lot of traffic there to the new posts that we're putting up Um, again like I run a really, really lean team. So we just try to focus on the blog posts that do well. Um, The ones that don't do as well, we don't put all our resources and focus and energy behind those because we just don't have the capacity to do that. So again, like I, I feel like the the whole, my whole like encouragement to everybody is you don't have to have this perfect system. You don't have to have like this, this whole thing set up. It can just, you can just do what you can with what you have. And you're still going to see increased results. And um, the great thing about content is you can always come back to it too. Like you can always do like a roundup newsletter later. Um, that's what we did with a lot of our popular content is we add it. So we have a welcome sequence that kind of invites them to learn more about the contract shop, learn more about the templates, that kind of thing. So after they're through their initial like funnel with us, um, As a a cold subscriber or, you know, say someone that came over from an affiliate or something, then they go through this welcome sequence. And so what we've done with our well-performing posts is we've added those as like a, here's the top five posts that you want to see into the welcome sequence. So you can always repurpose the content in that way sometimes, you know, I'm like, I don't want to write a newsletter this week. So I just go back through the blog posts and I pull something that, that did decently well, copy and paste that. And I send it out to all my subscribers again. And then they click through to the links, um, to the blog post, they share those, they, you know, engage with those. So it, it really is something that you don't have to create a lot of content for, and you can repurpose over and over. And that's, that's what I would encourage more people to do instead of like constantly creating content actually.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of people start off and think they have to be this content generation machine and it sounds, it sounds good for about like two to three weeks and then you just get tired or run out of ideas or life gets in the way. And then it just kind of all falls off the bandwagon. So I like the idea of the more you can repurpose and just having that, having that backlog helps. Cause then you just can always look back, pull something out. Or like you said, every article, you're probably referring to past articles and that's a great way of using the new content to promote the old. So I like that. You mentioned, and, that,
1: and Shopify does a good job of this. Cause they'll tell you, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Right. Sh- Shopify tells us like, Hey, everybody that read this article, reads this article too. So then we link to those within each other.
0: Yeah. That's a good, yeah. Kind of that cross basically. So you're using the new articles to promote the old ones. You're basically cross promoting um, the same way you do with a product, but with the content, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. When, you said you had a very lean team. Um, what is the team structure? Cause I think a lot of people are, are you trying to do it all yourself? Do you have someone helping on the promotion side on the, you know, technical side, like what do you do and what do you have help with?
1: Yeah, sure. So I have four contractors, so it's myself and four contractors. Um, I've had up to 18, I'm down to four now. So we have, um, we, one of my one of my gals is in charge of uh, marketing. So she does all our Facebook ads and she kind of looks at what's performing well, um, you know what we could possibly do as a launch, that kind of thing. She supports me through that. The other gal is in charge of all my operations. Um, so she does a really great job just keeping us on track with projects, not letting me get too far ahead of myself by like getting new things in the pipeline, like really focusing on what is working and and doing more of that. And then we have our customer support. So she helps out in the inbox as we get customer support emails. And then when we do our big sales twice a year, um, she also supports a little bit through there, uh, helps out with the chat, any any inquiries coming through there. And then the last person is my graphic designer. So the graphic designer is, um, obviously she does all the design. She helps out with the product description pages. Um, we hire other people like on an as needed basis, I work with Kurt Elster a lot on product, or it's not, sorry, um, on my website development. So, um, but yeah, so I, I work with a pretty lean team and most people are are on demand. Like if we need extra help during a launch or something like that, then we'll go out and hire specifically for that need. Um, but, you know, on on payroll, like every single month are those four people. Uh, and it, it seems to work really well. Very and then obviously we have our affiliates, so... I'm sorry, but uh, I, I would, you know, they don't, <laughs> they Kurt, don't like work for me. They're just.
0: <laughs> Kurt uh, made it to the Shopify investor newsletter this month. I just, uh, Oh, yeah. did he? Yeah. Yeah. He's also been a, a guest on the show as well. Um, I saw Yeah. It Shopify. They were doing the, uh, the conference and his face is in there. So pretty cool. Yes. Um, yeah.
1: I, they, I, they had to move it all virtual.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I think a lot of us have. So then are you primarily the chief kind of content creator or writer kind of doing the idea creation or is everyone else kind of just supporting you in that process?
1: Yeah, I, I create all of our content, whether it's in uh, a product or, um, you know, like sometimes we will bring in contractors to help us develop things further. Like we brought in punchline copy to help us, you know, punch up our sales pages and things like that. But, uh, but yeah, so for the most part, I'm the one who's writing the sales pages. I'm the one who's writing the blog posts. I'm the one who's writing the, the content that goes inside the the courses or the products or whatever it might be. So, kind of three very distinct areas of content creation. Um, you have to put on like little different hats for each of those, because <laughs> conversion copy is very different than say you know like educational content that you're trying to teach someone how to do something. Um, so yeah, that that is what I do in my company is a lot of uh, figuring out what, where we're headed and then also creating those products and then um, letting everybody else support me. Once those ideas are a little bit more solid.
0: Gotcha. So so you mentioned a funnel a lot, Um, and kind of the whole marketing funnel and the general, right? Top of the funnel, middle, bottom people get introduced to your content, and then they check out at some point, how do you link up that top of the funnel content? to actually get them into the rest as buyers. So, you know, they come in there in the list of 10 best ways to do X, but now how do you actually kind of nudge them over to say, Oh, by the way, we have X over here. What's kind of, is there any sort of tricks to doing that piece of it?
1: Uh, I mean, it's going to be so different for every single business. Uh, it's honestly funnels are like something that are, I don't say they're new because I've known about funnels and you know, the whole funnel sphere for a long time. Um, we, we basically try to give people the, the encouragement and the permission that they would need prior to purchasing the product. So, like, what, what is blocking their mindset uh, or, you know, like, what, what are they telling themselves that is creating some kind of fear or a lack of permission in their mind or something like that before they get to our product and clearing those out of the way with the, the free products or like the low tripwire type, you know, $7 products, something like that. So we try to give them, it's it's almost like permission based marketing, like where we're trying to give them permission to do something. And then once they have that permission, now they need our product. So then they're making the purchase. So that's what I would say. Like, for example, we have um our rock solid contract checklist, this is pretty basic. You know, this is like our, our oldest funnel. Um, basically, they, they go to rocksolidcontract.com. They download the checklist. They get to go through and they can compare their current client contract against our checklist. And they're likely to see gaps or, you know, like things that are missing. Um, or, you know, they download our checklist and they're like, oh, hey, Uh, I actually really don't know anything about, I call it Frankensteining your contract together. Like, I really don't know anything about piecing a contract together from all over. So I'm just going to, uh, go through this, this funnel. And, you know, we have a couple like offers in there for them that help them help to push them over the edge. Um, because it's like, oh, I need this thing now. I realized how much I need it because I went through this checklist and then, you know, the next day, like, wow, okay, there's this extra offer in here. For the exact product I needed. How convenient. So I think it's just a matter of doing a lot of experimentation. I think that's where people, including myself, get really discouraged using funnels and, you know, content to generate leads to those funnels is because like there's things that aren't linking up. So we just launched a new funnel last week, for example, and like nobody's purchasing the upsell you know, we've had a couple of purchases and, but like the overwhelming majority aren't purchasing and we're like, okay, this isn't like a big price jump. So what is going on? Where is like the disconnect? What is that and all? so it's just going to be an experiment. As an example, uh, It's called lawless. Yeah, sure. Um, it might be at lawless to com. So, you know, going from a business that doesn't have any kind of like legal administrative stuff set up at all, getting one of our signature courses that we used to sell for 500 bucks for $14 Um, So, you know, cooking them and then, you know, they're not, um, they're not able to purchase for $14 forever. It's just like this very short term thing uh, for like very cold new subscribers. So they can purchase Lawless to Flawless and then we have an upsell into exactly how to build a business because, you know, they're at the very beginning stages. So they get this like, um, like behind the scenes, these three different kits about how like three different ways that they could build their, their business potentially and reach different people. So that's the funnel that uh, we just launched. Um, and then obviously they, they get into our welcome sequence after that, but it's, it's, there's a disconnect there and, you know, just to be totally candid, it's a lot of experimenting to figure out like why, you know, cause the front end product sells really well, but the back end product isn't selling
0: as well. So on that, so you mentioned a of stuff, it's a whole separate domain. Right. So how, I guess for a two part question, why, why do you create different domains for each one? And then how do you drive, are you driving traffic from the main domain out to those? Like how do you actually, or is each one kind of its own isolated thing that you're promoting and running in its own world?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, ideally they would all be through the contract shop. Um, the, the problem though is it's just so dang easy to build. Sales pages and the upsells and one-click upsells and landing pages um, off of Shopify. So when we're testing things, we're not building them on Shopify because that takes like, there's just no good, not that I know of, but there, we just haven't really found a landing page builder that's as effective as say ClickFunnels um, to get something up and going and working consistently like really quickly. So if we know something works, then yeah, absolutely. We're moving it back to our site so that we can track it, have all the analytics, metrics, et cetera, everything there. Because that's the best case scenario. But the problem is it's just not right now. Uh, there's like this huge gap in the marketplace for a, for a, like a, an effective landing page builder on Shopify that has like one-click upsells and all this other stuff. So it's just, the I, I feel like the software on each platform is very different and accomplishes very different things. Um, You know, obviously like to have a shop on ClickFunnels would be a nightmare, <laughs> you know, to have like it, it, like there'll be so many broken links and so many problems, but you know, to have like a funnel, it just doesn't work for us and and the lean team that I have. Um, you know, if I had like unlimited funds to just like develop things and I'm like, I think this is going to work then. Yeah, sure. I would build a landing page on on Shopify, have everything through there. Um, but yeah, so we, we really operate them kind of like in an isolated mode until we can test them enough and see if they're working. Because the changes and, and the things that you can do on ClickFunnels are just so much more dynamic than what's available on Shopify right now. Even with like, there's a couple landing page builders we've checked out. And it's just basically what we've decided is like, when something works, we're just going to have our graphic designer, uh, you know, tweak it a little bit. And then have Kurt or EtherCycle uh, code it as a custom page on Shopify because there's the landing page is just so,
0: <laughs> they don't work. But then, so, <laughs> so when you develop these pages, so how do you, do you actually get folks from the contract shop over to these new sites or what is like the link between them? Like, how do you start from day one? No,
1: before? those are typically, uh, uh retargeting if, if okay. we need to, typically these are for cold traffic. So this, this is to generate new traffic to the contract shop. Cold,
0: cold paid. So you're generating to the, yeah, oh, Lawless yeah. Of Lawless, example. Traffic. You run cold traffic to yeah. that.
1: Correct, and we we try to entice our current subscribers and current readers to go to those pages as well um, through like graphics, like, "Hey, wouldn't you like to get your business all buttoned up?" Like, that's a graphic in the middle of a blog post, and it leads to the Lawless to Flawless site uh, where they can upgrade to four, for a fourteen dollar product. So there is some organic traffic that's coming. Um, but typically that like we're using funnels to get cold leads into our site.
0: So you have a few different ways of kind of running traffic into these sites, right? So you have the, you said the newsletter, the main blog, uh, paid. And then what else was it? There's several different methods.
1: Uh, affiliates and guest posting, guest webinars, things like that. Um, so, you know, kind of collaborative efforts for content.
0: Do you have one that kind of. Works. It's kind of like your go-to way of doing it, or is it just test and different ones work in different kind of audiences?
1: Honestly, and it, it gets a little exhausting, but definitely the collaborative content is the most effective by far. But it can get a little exhausting, um especially when it's such a small team. How so? The collaborative it gets a little you just, you have to find people to reach out to. You have, I mean, we're always like tweaking the presentations for them or I'm like custom writing a blog post for their audience so that it's new content. So it's just, it's a lot of work, a lot of effort. Um, but it also is the most effective for getting in front of a totally new audience. Uh, so we, we've kind of scaled back on that a little bit because our affiliate program's done really well in the last like two years. Uh, so, you know, people are a little bit more encouraged to create some of their own content. They're doing some of that collaborative content for us in a way, because even though we're not the ones creating the content anymore, it's still their audience who's getting exposed to us, which is the whole goal of that collaborative content anyway. So we've been able to scale back a little bit on that without, without losing, The benefit with the affiliate program. But yeah, for sure. I mean, get, if you could get out there and and, uh, I know Russell Brunson at ClickFunnels talks about this all the time, but like, if you could get out there and do a webinar in front of someone else's audience every week, I mean, there's, you wouldn't, There's no way you couldn't be driving traffic back to your site every single week. That's, you know, new, fresh, cold leads um, that haven't heard of you before, haven't made a purchase yet and are eager and willing to do so. So, yeah, I I would say that collaborative content is like definitely where you get the most bang for your buck. But, um, you know, everything's a trade off. And when you do that collaborative content, obviously it's someone else's audience. And I take that really seriously, which is why I probably... I probably do more <laughs> than I should. Um, I put a little more pressure on myself, but I I don't want to under deliver to someone else's audience because they have given me the privilege of being there. So I I really go above and beyond with that, and that's why I think it's a little exhausting, and and why it um, why it's it it's not that it's not sustainable. It's just that you have to be prepared for the work that's involved.
0: I see. Okay, so you're saying you launch a site, com, and you have other um, folks that have promoted that you've worked with before, most likely. So I'm guessing it's not just all cold every time. So you say, Hey, you know, you published this article for us six months ago, we just launched this new site. We have this article, um, that would probably do well with your audience on making your business more, um, more streamlined. Right. And they have a, they have a blog about that. So you write that article up for their audience, drop a link to Lawless to Flawless. And that's how you're driving a lot of content traffic there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Very cool. Okay. So that, and so and you'd say that's kind of the biggest driver of kind of when you're standing up these new sites.
1: Uh, no, no. I, I think our organic search traffic is, is, I, I know from the analytics, it's still our biggest driver. Pinterest okay. and organic search traffic is still our biggest driver of content Interesting. or uh, okay. of traffic. Hmm. Yeah.
0: How long does it take to get the organic yeah. going though when you sit? So when you build, so this new site, you know, you just (laughs) create you know, if it's like new this month, like how long does that organic engine take to get going?
1: Well, the, the organic traffic is coming from the contract shop.
0: Oh, Okay. There you go.
1: Yeah. So it's, it's like people that are searching for something on the internet and they're finding our blog posts as the answer.
0: And you're linking from, so you're using the contract shop. So you've built up an audience there, you've built up the organic there and now you can basically point that to whatever sales funnel you want and you're, so these separate sites, yes. the sales funnels, the contract shop yes. is your the engine, the top of the funnel engine. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah.
1: it, in some ways, or you know, Facebook paid traffic, you know, cold audiences yeah. are also pushed into the funnels. Yeah.
0: So if you want it, so if something's yeah, doing very one well, or one or the other. Okay. So, but you can use organic to even test it, right? And if something's doing well, then try some paid and see if you can go up a little more.
1: Yep. Exactly.
0: Very cool. Okay, I think this is a setup. Yeah. So, for example, you know, copy in their own business because it sounds actually pretty effective.
1: Yeah. And I mean, again, it's it's a lot of focusing on on like the blog posts that do really well. Um, so how do you create more effective calls to action that look, you know, organic, that look fun? Um, it helps that our obviously our blog doesn't have like annoying pop up ads and, you know like all this crazy stuff happening that it's, it's cause I'm using, I'm not using the blog, like as a blog, right? Like there's like blogs that sell stuff on them. And then there's like online stores that have blogs that teach people how to use the product better or like how to do something in their life better that they then need the product. So that's how the latter is how I'm using the blog. And then um, we're, we're plugging our funnels through there so that they can be nurtured further through our brand and get to know us better, uh, get to experience some of our products at, at like a discounted, like a deeply discounted price. And just kind of start to see like this is definitely the company for them to help them through this like legal aspect that they need help with. Uh, so earning their trust in different ways through a lot of different kinds of content. But yeah focusing definitely on the, the 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 blog posts that are getting the most organic reach and then you know like i said you can put some paid traffic behind that on facebook or google or whatever um, so that you're showing up in those search results for people and you know you are you are literally the answer to their questions
0: very cool i like that a lot it sounds like a uh, a great strategy so i, I want to be respectful of your time though it's, it's a, that's a good tip um so anything any kind of last words of advice or any links people can find you or see your latest funnel.
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. Just come to the Check it out. Uh, we, we've got some, some really awesome things available for people just through there. If they want just great content, the blogs there. Um, if you don't know what kind of content you want, just go to the and we'll retarget you with something that uh, <laughs> we think you'll want. And, uh, yeah, I mean I, I think that's that's the the best place to go is just the com. check it all out and um you know if you want to get like a like a how to get your LLC whatever you can go to lawlessoflawless.com. um but yeah those are those are the best places to to check out what we're doing and and see how things are operating and um you know my my best piece of advice that I could possibly give anybody listening is just do something, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be a system. It doesn't have to be like this long strategic, uh, well mapped out thing. It could just be, you know, you, you get started and you write a blog post and you've never done that before. And you have your first blog post up, uh, cause you got to get started somewhere and every single time you do it, you're going to get better and better. And, you know, start to see how these things could, could connect for you and start to see the topics that you could talk about that your audience is really interested in hearing. So you just literally have to do something. (laughs) It doesn't have to be perfect. Just something is done.
0: (laughs) Awesome. That's That's great advice. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. So I appreciate you coming on the show today.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much, Charles. I appreciate being here.